Grace and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Sermon text today is the gospel reading for this weekend, this third weekend in Advent. Matthew 3, the first 11 verses. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he who was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah, saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. Now John himself was clothed in camel's hair, with a leather belt around his waist, and his food was locusts and wild honey. Then Jerusalem, all Judea, and all the region around the Jordan went out to him and were baptized by him in the Jordan, confessing their sins. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to his baptism, he said to them, Brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Therefore bear fruits worthy of repentance. And do not think to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father. For I say to you that God is able to raise up children to Abraham from these stones. And even now the axe is laid to the root of the trees. Therefore every tree which does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. But he who is coming after me is mightier than I whose sandals I am not worthy to carry, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. So far of God's holy word. The name of our Savior, the Lord Jesus, who's coming once again this year, we anticipate with proper humility and with great joy. Dear fellow redeemed, <clears throat> in your own mind, I'd like you to fill in the blank on this phrase. Hindsight is, and everybody knows, don't you? Hindsight is 2020. It's very easy to pick apart the circumstances of major events after they've happened. And a lot of times when there's a terrible event, a national tragedy, Within a short time afterward, people are second-guessing why weren't the right people more prepared. Back in 2001 on 9-11, it was very soon after the Twin Towers fell that the fingers started pointing. Why didn't the government agencies uncover this terrible plot and prevent it before it happened? From time to time, a major hurricane lands usually on our southern coast. And afterward, people say, why in the world does anybody build a home where the surge comes and knocks them flat? And should the government be helping them to rebuild there? Easy to say in hindsight. After a horrible mass shooting, say, at a school, fingers are pointing. Hindsight is 2020. There's plenty of criticism. Weren't there signs that the proper authorities could have detected in social media about this person to make sure that this horrible event didn't happen in the first place? Where was the early warning system? Hindsight is 2020. Foresight, well, that's sometimes hard to come by. 
there are major awful events that people say are bound to happen. Geologists say that there's a seismic or even volcanic event that's going to happen in Yellowstone National Park. And it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. How to prepare beforehand is the difficult question. We don't know when something like that, or like an earthquake, or like a tornado might happen. But when it does, those who exercised proper foresight and took precautions will be safe. Those who didn't will be sorry. What's the next big disaster going to be? If you knew, wouldn't you be compelled to act? If you knew that a monster tornado this coming June was going to rip its way through our area, and you knew what path it was going to take, wouldn't you take extraordinary measures to keep yourself and your family safe? Wouldn't you do whatever was in your power to try to keep everybody safe from loss of life or destruction of property? John the Baptist had foresight. He knew about a horrible disaster that was going to come, not a matter of when, but a matter of if. He knew it was coming. And it was this that compelled him to go out into the wilderness of Judea and proclaim the message that God gave to him. He was driven to warn people of the coming great wrath of God when he arrives in judgment in this world and also to point to the certain path of safety to find a merciful God, safety in his grace. Do you have that kind of foresight? You absolutely do, and it ought to motivate you to be, in the words of our theme, a herald, a herald of Christ's coming. John the Baptist, of course, announced Jesus' first arrival. In these latter days, it's your job to announce his second coming. Coming, the meaning of the word Advent, a time of year to prepare for Jesus' arrival, and we prepare in many ways, of course, charming traditional ways as we celebrate once again the birth of the Savior with decorations, with various food items and presents and company. But the best way to prepare is shown to us by a man that Jesus talked about this way. He said, among those born of women, there has not risen anyone greater than John, John the Baptist called and sent by God to prepare the people of the first century A.D. in the land of Judah and Galilee, the entire land of Israel, called by God to prepare people's hearts for Jesus to make his appearance as the Messiah. John's work was foretold both in our reading from Isaiah this morning, a voice crying in the wilderness, as well as the book of Malachi, chapter 4, where we read, See, I will send you the prophet Elijah before that great and dreadful day of the Lord comes. He will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of the children to their fathers, or else I will come and strike the land with a curse. John came as Elijah. He was God's early warning system for the coming great day of wrath. And when John began to preach in the wilderness, 
He was a lot like Elijah. An austere figure dressed in camel's hair, a leather belt eating locusts and wild honey, and he brought a confrontational message to all who would hear. In his dress and actions and his proclamation, John was a one-man spiritual wrecking crew. He made people very uncomfortable about their sins. And it's good to note that John was an equal opportunity preacher. He preached repentance both to the secularist and the moralist. The moralists were the Sadducees of John and Jesus' day. Pardon me. The secularists were the Sadducees of John and Jesus' day. And what that means is they believe that this life is all there is, that once you die, it's just a complete blank. So you may as well lead the most blessed and profitable life you can in God's care right here and now. The moralists of Jesus' day were the Pharisees who believed in the afterlife, but their idea of salvation was founded on their own good works. And by the way, the Pharisees would say, our works are very good indeed. Both needed to hear John's message of repentance, for both were comfortable in their sins. And so he said, brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? His message for those sinners and each of us today is this. If you think no change is needed in your hearts and lives, then think again. Change your mind, which is a pretty good definition of the word repent. Change your mind because the kingdom of heaven is near. His message to the Sadducees was, listen, if you think that this is all there is in this world, think again, because when the end finally arrives, it will be eternity, even in heaven, either in heaven or in hell. His message was, hey, Pharisees, if you think you've done good enough to pass God's standards, you haven't. Not close. And it doesn't matter who your ancestors were, for God is able to raise up children to Abraham, even from these stones. And so John's strange work was to confront people who were comfortable with their sins to make them feel those sins keenly. His final purpose, however, was not to simply leave people ashamed and distressed, but to lead them to the solution to the sin problem, which is why he was out in the wilderness baptizing those who came to confess their sins for the remission of those sins. And that's why John when he saw Jesus coming to him, pointed and declared, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Even today, John's message reaches across the ages, and it's God's will for this message to reach our hearts every day in a compelling way. If you ever become comfortable with your sins, and let's be honest, it's very easy to do, isn't it? Isn't it very easy to go through the weekly routine day in, day out? We come to church to hear God's word and sing and pray, but we're out in the world the six other days. 
Very easy to say the words and not look for a change of heart and life at other times. Very easy to begin to imagine, oh, God knows I have my faults. He's going to have to be okay with them. I'm sure he is. And that's not Christian faith. Change your mind. Everything is not okay as it is in your life. Bring those things that displease God to him in humble repentance. Seek your comfort in his grace and baptism. When he puts his name on your heart to call you his own, seek your comfort in the Lamb of God who came to bear your sins in his body on the tree that you might be free from them. And with this wonderful release, the gospel message of sins forgiven, the clean slate and promise of eternal life, bring forth fruits meet for repentance. Things ought to change in your life. Things ought to take a turn more for the will of God who gave himself freely for you instead of old habits and your will. And here's another fruit of faith for each of us to work on day by day. Remember that you have the same, jo the same job that John the Baptist had. That is called by God to be a herald. And if you have in your mind the medieval man with the trumpet sounding the note and then proclaiming from a scroll, well, it doesn't have to be like that. You're a herald. You are one who's been sent by the king with the message to proclaim to those who need to hear it. John paved the way for Jesus' first advent. We are called to pave the way in people's hearts for Jesus' second coming. You have this job. The Bible says so. Not only are you the benefit, not only do you benefit from Jesus' redemption, but you're entrusted with the message. For Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians 5, God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them, and he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. He's committed to you the message of reconciliation. He's put in your life and in your mouth and in your actions the means whereby others might know Jesus. It's your job. John said at the close of our text, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. He has come with the baptism of the Holy Spirit on the great day of Pentecost. Wherever the gospel has been believed and baptism has been received, he's baptized you with the gift of the Holy Spirit. If you know Jesus as your Savior, it's because of that Spirit. The fire part, that's coming. That's coming at an unknown date when the earth will melt in fervent heat and all who are in it will be brought before the Lord for judgment, either an invitation to heaven or condemnation to hell. That's your message. And you'll meet the secularist like the Sadducees of old 
who think the scientists said, we've been here for billions of years, the sun won't burn out for billions more, everything's going on the same way it has, and when you die, that's all. And your job will be to tell them, I think you know, deep in your heart, there's more to life than just this life. And once this life is done, it really is eternity, either in heaven with Jesus or condemned from his presence forever. You'll meet the moralist, sometimes wonderful, friendly people, who figure, I'm spiritual, but I'm not very religious. I don't need all that Jesus business. And I figure if I just do the best I can, that that will be good enough. And your job is to tell them, no, it isn't. You have to change your mind. You're the reason why Jesus died. You are the one who's redeemed through Jesus' death. The message for both is repent. Jesus is coming to judge the world, and anyone found with their sins at that time will certainly pay an eternal price. So find the same blessed comfort and forgiveness and confidence that God has given to me in the person of Christ. On that day when Jesus arrives again, hindsight will be useless. On that day, anyone who says, oh, I should have listened, I should have thought ahead, I should have paid attention to the word of God that I heard, I should have gotten to know Jesus, it won't be of any use at that time. It's up to us today to use the foresight that we've been given through the word of God to impress that message on hearts that need to hear it. Are you doing so? Been doing the work of a herald for God, the message of repentance and faith in Christ to all who will hear? Well, maybe you have more than you think. Because together as a congregation, that's what we're about, and we all support that work. Preaching and teaching and baptism and the Lord's Supper. Christian education to raise children to know the Savior and to be salt and light their whole lives long. The mission work we help support together, both in our country and in many foreign countries, to train men to be lifelong pastors in God's service. We're doing that. That's our job together as heralds of Christ's coming. And we ought to do that more and more. But it's not a substitute for your own personal work as God's representative. Remember that old saying about hindsight? Hindsight is 2020. If people had known who the mass shooter was going to be, it could have been prevented. If people knew exactly when the earthquake was going to happen, they could have evacuated. If people knew where the terrorist would strike, they could have arrested them first. We all do with much better preparation for such disasters because there are a lot of lives potentially on the line. But we know about this one. We don't know exactly when, but we know Christ's coming in judgment will be soon. Each day is one day closer to that event. By God's grace, you've been forewarned. You've been shown a certain escape plan and safety in the Savior's wounds. Shouldn't you? Won't you let others know? Shouldn't you? Won't you be the herald 
of Christ's coming that God has called you to be. To bring to others the message of the need for repentance from sin, faith in Christ as the Savior, and through him, free remission and life eternal. We don't know when the last day is going to be, but may the Lord, through his word, make each of us personally prepared and to be his heralds to those whom he prepares hearts for eternal life. In Jesus' name, amen.